0: If you're here today you've never been saved you're missing the boat (laughs) not only in forever eternity heaven but also in this life right here it's wonderful to be able to have this assurance in it i gave the old story where this dog was going around and they had moved an old outhouse and the dog fell down in all the stuff and he's down there he's kind of wimping and the owner came over there and he looked down. Now he had a couple of decisions he had to make. Uh, one would be he could just leave the dog down there and let him die and all the stuff. Or he could put a ladder down hoping the dog could climb up that ladder. <laughs> or he could go down the ladder himself, get that dog and bring him out. 2,000 years ago, Christ had a decision to make. <laughs> He could have left us in all of our muck and sin and let us die and go to hell. Or he could have made some list of works that we could try to do to try to lift ourselves up, but we couldn't do it. But the fact that he chose to come down in all this sin and shame down here in this world to be able to take us back to heaven one day. Thank God for the gospel where Christ died for our sins, was buried, and rose again. And that's the only way to heaven. But I found out that after you become a Christian, it's still a real battle. It's a different type of battle. And sometimes we don't win that battle. Uh, Sometimes we fail. All of us here today, if you're a believer in Christ, there's been times in your life you could have done a lot better. Amen? And... uh, that's what James King says about Judy. She could do better. <laughs> and, uh, but if we don't fix the problem, we become bitter, negative, and so on. So I want to talk today, just a short period of time here, about bitterness. Bitterness is a corruption of our spirit. It's a wounded spirit so strong That it affects our thoughts, it affects our actions toward other people in an ungodly way. Our bad feelings, what it does, it causes us to isolate those people, to gossip about those people. We want to see them hurt. We want to see them fail. I'm told that bitterness is a sinful anger. It's like acid. Acid inside that's boiling, just ready to explode. I believe that's true. Now, there's some reasons why we get bitter, isn't it? No question about it. Uh, We get bitter because perhaps a home life, maybe our parents were abusive, uh, maybe it's between a wife and a husband, between parents and their children, and there's a lot of that that goes on terrible divorce, perhaps you've been betrayed by a loved one, and today you're even mad at God because of the events in your life. I've seen members, business people, eaten up with harbored hurt, jealousy, pride, resentment, holding a grudge, unforgiveness and all these are associated with bitterness and they go about their life they're so unfulfilled they're so unhappy it consumes them to the point of destroying them because they're so ingrained with bitterness we've also by the way seen bitterness in the Bible haven't we we've seen Cain bitter toward God because of his love for Abel's sacrifice We've seen it with Sarah toward Hagar. We've seen it with Joseph's brothers toward Joseph, King Saul toward David. We saw it between the prodigal's brother and him, (laughs) between the Pharisees toward Christ, between the Democrats toward the Republicans. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We could park there for a while, but I'm not going to. Another reason for bitterness is one's unbelief. Their unbelief in God's call on their life. For God to allow something to come into their life that's rough to be able to handle. Or God's allowed something to be taken from them and they become bitter at God. You see, when we're going through a rough time, it's at that moment that God calls us to trust Him to help us. That's what he wants us to do. But too often in unbelief we say no and we remain mad and angered and bitter toward God. My, this happened to David by the way. It states in 2 Samuel chapter 16 verse 5 and 6. And when King David came to Bahurim, behold, thence came out a man of family of the house of Saul, whose name was Shimei, the son of Gera. He came forth and cursed still as he came. He's coming out, he's cussing at David Then He cast stones at David and at all the servants of King David and all the people and all the mighty men were on his right hand and on his left. This madman, he comes out and he's cursing David and his men and he's throwing rocks at him. He's from former king Saul, this family. And so then it says in verse 11 and 12 then, and David said to uh, Bishai and to all his servants, behold, my son, which came forth of my bowels, seeketh my life. How much more now may this Benjamite do it? Let him alone. David says, let him alone. And let him curse, for the Lord hath bidden him, permitted him, allowed him. It may be that the Lord will look on mine affliction and that the Lord will requite, repay, retaliate, revenge me good for his cursing this day. David, he could have had one of his men just chop his head off right that moment, couldn't he? But he said, no, here's what I want you to do. I'm going to let God handle this. I'm not going to do it myself. I'm going to allow, God knows what's happened. And I'm going to allow God to take care of that. I just want you to understand something so important. James chapter 3, verse 14. But if you have bitter envying and strife in your hearts, glory not and lie not against the truth. This wisdom descendeth not from above, but is earthly, sensual, and devilish. Always understand, bitterness comes from our old sinful nature, but also it comes from the devil. And it is devilish. Bitterness is. That's why it shouldn't be in our life. Our verse, of course, most people know it very well. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 15, he says this, "...looking diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness spring springing up trouble you, and thereby..." Many be defiled. I'm going to break that verse down for us. The first one thing I want you to realize, the people of bitterness. Who are these people? He says in that verse, lest any man, any man. That means it can happen to anybody. If we do not guard ourselves, it can happen to us. You know, Paul said this, him that thinketh he standeth, take heed lest he fall. When somebody's overtaken with a fault, Paul says, you that are spiritual, restore such a one. But he goes on to say, consider consider thyself. In other words, you're going in there, this fellow's fallen to a temptation, but you need to be on guard yourself, consider yourself, so that you don't fall to the same temptation. And so, it's very important that we keep our guards up. As pastor... I've seen this bitterness thing. I've seen it happen many times over and over. I've seen people get so upset with a budget. <laughs> a stupid budget. <laughs> and they get become bitter. I've seen it when someone else is used in ministry and somebody isn't used in ministry and they get embittered by that. I've seen people get bitter because Sometimes you have to let a staff member go and they have friends and they become bitter at those who made those decisions. I've seen people become bitter because they've lost some of their authority in the church. You know, back when I was in Emmanuel, we used to be legalistic and we came out of that to grace. And that meant that those few could not control the many any longer like they used to. And uh, we were given ministry to the people in ministry. And so uh, people who like to control and thumb you down in legalism and so on and personal preferences, they didn't like that. And boy, some of them they really got, they got embittered. I had a couple hundred people leave. We gained a thousand, thank God. But it's amazing how people, they get embittered. I've seen people get embittered over music. Talk to Stan sometime. <laughs> well, I like this music. Well, I like that music. Stan always says, let's stay around long enough, you'll hear something you like. Amen? <laughs> hey, and, oh, uh, I've, I've seen them get mad. And they get bitter at you and so on. And it, it just ate them alive. So, the people of bitterness. Any and one of us can become bitter. And then secondly, the problem of bitterness. It states there in that verse 15, fail. See the word fail? Fail of the grace of God. In other words, God says, listen, my grace is sufficient. It's available for you. But too often, stupidly, what we do, we don't take advantage of what God has provided for us to help us at the point of our need. It's there. We don't look to him for it, though, whatsoever. And that's like us having, say, $10 million in the bank. We can dream, can't we? (laughs) And you have all this money in the bank, And then all of a sudden you allow your bills to begin to pile up and you don't pay them and so you file for bankruptcy. And here, the reason you're filing for bankruptcy is you didn't avail yourself to all the money that was available to you. And that's the way it is with believers. God's grace is available more than enough. You just reach out for it in faith. God says my grace is sufficient for you but we stupidly don't reach out and avail ourselves to God's grace. Too often someone or something hurts us or difficulty happens in our life. And we begin to think, well, boy, life's not fair. But instead of looking to God for strength, we try to handle that problem our own way, in our own strength, wanting revenge and pay back. God says this to us. He says this in 2 Corinthians 9, 8. Great verse. And God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that you always having all sufficiency in all things may abound to every good work. He said it's more than you need. It's there for you. But most of the time we do, James 4, 6. But he giveth more grace, wherefore he saith, God resisteth the proud, who's going to handle it their own way, but giveth grace unto the humble. And because we won't humble ourselves to God, that grace is not given to us at that time. Let me just tell you something that's true. Bitterness affects us physically. It gives us quick tempers, makes us stubborn, argumentative, prideful, critical, unfaithful, irresponsible, and vindictive. You can hit your mate now, okay? You can go and do that. So there is the problem of bitterness. It creates so many negative results. But then there's the three, the progression of bitterness. Hebrews 12, 15 again, it says, bringing up. Always understand this, bitterness never remains idle. We can try to cover it up the best we can, but trials and difficulties will bring it out and reveal it. Sooner or later, bitterness, it will surface in an outburst, a grieved heart, a bad spirit or bad attitude, you'll be short with people, negative. You're always on the verge of being upset because you're bitter about something. And he said in that verse, he says, trouble you. <laughs> you see, what we're doing, we're hurting ourselves by keeping ourselves in a prison of defeat and despair because we're bitter. Psalm 38, verse 3, David said it this way, There is no soundness in my flesh because of thine anger, neither is there any rest in my bones because of my sin. It affects you. It says in Proverbs 17, 22, A merry heart doeth good like a medicine, but a broken spirit dryeth the bones. (laughs) It affects us physically, spiritually. And the reason I mention this, the progress of bitterness, here's the progress in verse 15. In that verse it says at the end of it, Hebrews 12, 15, and trouble you, and thereby have what? Many be defiled. In other words, bitterness spreads. It attacks, it infects our mates, our family, our friends, our relationships, even the church. Bitterness, it hurts those you love. It disgraces God's name. It causes divisions in relationships. It stops our intimacy and maturing with God. Bitterness does. So my question this morning is this here, very simply, why don't we take care of our bitterness? And the problem is our pride. That's the problem. Proverbs 13.10 says this, the first part of that verse, only by pride cometh contention. If you have contention with God or anybody, it's pride. That's what that verse actually is saying. 1 Peter 5 says this here. Likewise, ye younger, submit yourselves unto the elder. Yea, all of you be subject one to another and be clothed with what? Humility. For God resisteth the proud and giveth grace to the humble. Humble yourselves therefore under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. So God said, listen, today it's time to swallow our pride so we can get rid of this stupid bitterness. What do we do? Well, understand there's a decision. There's a decision of God's way, the decision of Satan's way. That's your choice. God's way, 2 Corinthians 2, verse 10, to whom you, what, forgive, what? anything. God said, whatever you forgive, I forgive also. For if I forgave anything to whom I forgave it, for your sakes forgave I it in the person of Christ. He said, listen, my way, God says, be a forgiver. You want to get rid of bitterness, be a forgiver. huh?" The very next verse shows you Satan's way. Lest Satan should get advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. You see, the devil wants to keep you in this dark place. He wants to keep you in your bitterness. Huh? So you have a choice. God's way, forgive. Satan's way, you remain un- an unforgiving person. As a result, you remain in bitterness. What does it mean to forgive, by the way? Well, to forgive somebody is not forgetting it. It's not being naive. Here's what it means. It means I'm going to be gracious by releasing those who have hurt me. I'm giving up my desire of revenge. This whole circumstance, it's over. I'm leaving it in God's hand. And even when I see those people who have hurt me, I will always be nice. Amen? You know, that is biblical, what I just said. That is a biblical truth with biblical action. Paul says it this way in Romans chapter 12, verse 17. He says this, Recompense to no man evil for evil. Provide things honest in the sight of all men. If it be possible, as much as lieth in you, live peaceably with all men. Do your best. Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves, but rather give place unto wrath. Get out of God's parking spot. For it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. Therefore, if thine enemy hunger, feed him. If he thirst, give him a drink. Be nice to him. For in so doing thou shalt heap coals of fire on his head. Be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. Amen. It's hard for somebody to keep being an adversary toward you if you keep telling them you love them in the Lord. Huh? It's hard to smack somebody that you say you love. Oh, I love you. No. Doesn't work that way, does it? Is it possible for us to act nice? Well, Abraham was wronged by lot. But Abraham delivered Lot from his enemy. Joseph was unbelievably wronged by his brothers, sold him into slavery, but he welcomed them, fed them, protected them. Moses was wronged by his brother and sister, Aaron and Marion, but he forgave them, healed them of leprosy, and used them in the ministry. David was wronged by King Saul, but David spared King Saul's life at one time, and when he became king, and the kings are supposed to kill the family of the preceding kings, David didn't kill all of them. Mephibosheth, that's easy to say, Mephibosheth ate at King David's table. Christ, he was wrong by you and by me, because our sins sent him to the cross but Christ went anyway and died for the sin debt we owed. He took our punishment, took our sin himself. And he tells us today if we will believe in the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ, he'll save us, forgive us of all of our sins, give us a place guaranteed in heaven one day, but will operate and work in your life right now. Ananias... He was wronged by a fellow by the name of Saul of Tarsus. Saul, he was persecuting those believers. Saul was like a Hitler. But he met God. And the first time Ananias meets Saul, who became the great apostle Paul, he said, Brother Saul. <laughs> I think of Cory ten Boom. How many of you heard of Cory ten Boom? I've told her, but it's a great, true story. Her family was slaughtered in the Holocaust by Germans. Years later, she became a believer in Christ, and she said she was at a meeting, church meeting, and she stood in front to shake everybody's hand, and she noticed this one man coming her way, and it dawned on her who it was. It was one of those German soldier officers. She said, God, what am I going to do? Huh? That German officer came by, stuck his hand out, and through grace, she stuck her hand out and shook his hand, and greeted him. Grace can make you behave nicely. Amen? I mean, it really, it really can. And then it's then when we forgive and we begin to to act in a nice way, and our bitterness begins to leave, it's then you're not letting anyone or anything to keep you in that prison of bitterness. You see, the key to get you out of that prison of bitterness is forgiveness. I'm giving up my right for revenge. I'm going to let God handle whatever He wants to handle in this life, next life, whatever, it's in God's hands. And when I see that person, I'm going to always be kind. It's just that simple. Proverbs 14.10 says this. Did I give you that, guys? I probably didn't. That's okay. The heart knoweth his own bitterness, and a stranger doth not intermeddle with his joy. You know what kind of bitterness you've had in your heart and your life. You know what it's done to you. And it's time to release that and to let it go. Perhaps even today, it's been a long time since you've had a real smile. You've had a real joy, a real song. It's been a long time since you've really had a move of God in your life. The key is this, forgive. Forgive it all in the name of Christ. Paul said this one time, Acts 24, verse 16, And herein do I exercise myself to have always a conscience void of offense toward God or toward man. I'm not going to allow anything be a root there to hold me back. I'm not going to allow my bitterness toward God, my bitterness toward somebody else. I'm not going to allow, I'm going to have a clear conscience myself. My life verse, you know it well, the old timers, Ephesians 4.32, Be kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you when I had to begin to learn to practice this, I always would come to the point, where did God find me? (laughs) I was one of the the wretched ones, the undeserving ones. And yet His grace reached down and His grace went beyond my sin. And I said, how many sins did God forgive me of? And continues, (laughs) All of them. And if God could forgive me of all my dirty, rotten sins, who am I not to be willing to forgive other people? Or even God, because I don't understand how he works sometimes. Amen? I'm grateful for that verse that God sealed in my heart Because in the ministry, many times you're hurt. Carol's been up with me many a night because of the pressure. (laughs) Because this happened, that happened. This person's mad at you, that person's mad at you. And when I see him out in a restaurant, as God's my witness, do you know what I do? I go, no, I don't. (laughs) No, I don't do that. <laughs> That's what your flesh would like to do, Amen. I don't do that, as God is my witness. I go right up to him. I say, "How you doing?" I try to be as nice as I possibly can. And if that person deserves anything, I'm not going to be the one to give it to him. I'm going to trust my God. If that's the case, perhaps they repented of it. Perhaps they, you know, made things right. But I always go up to them with the purpose that I can remove any kind of wedge that was made because of what happened. And 99 times out of 100, you know how they respond? In a kind, nice way. I've never had one of them say, you rotten pig? Yeah, I've never had that, never. Now, since I've said that, it's going to happen, I know. <laughs> Isn't that the way it works? <laughs> but God wants us to be forgivers, and he wants us to be kind to people so that we don't allow. You know, I can put my head on my pillow and go sleep, Because I know there's not these grudges and bitternesses and everything going on. I'm free from that. I unlocked my prison door a long time ago, and God set me free from that because I forgave. That's what God wants to do for you. It's time to bury the hatchet. Don't leave the handle up either. Bury the whole thing. Amen? Father, we love you. Lord, I just want to share just a simple truth of bitterness, how it can disrupt our life, make us miserable. But God, you've given us the key. You've demonstrated how you can forgive anything. You forgave us. Now, God, you want us to go do likewise, to be great forgivers regardless of what's happened to us in our life. May we just lean to you. May we go to you for grace. May we trust your working in our life when you allow things to happen or take things away. God, the Lord giveth, the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. May that be ingrained in our hearts. In Jesus' name. And everybody said? We hope you received a blessing from today's broadcast. We would love to have you visit with us in person. For more information, please visit our website at gpnd.net or contact us by phone at 317-535-3512. You can watch us live and view past services on our website, Facebook, or YouTube channel. Until next broadcast, may God richly bless you as our prayer.